we'll be talking to them about witnessing and uh, witnessing is very very important because the reason why after our salvation after we gave a life to Jesus Christ Jesus did not take us to heaven was because he left us here for a purpose and it was for the purpose of witnessing he says that we may bring many sons and daughters to glory. And so a Christian who is not witnessing is like a soldier who is on the battleground or the battlefront but refusing to fight. The only reason why we are here on the surface of the earth is so we could be ambassadors, we could be the hands and feet and the mouth of Jesus Christ to the heathen. And so it becomes important, it becomes imperative that we take witnessing very, very important. Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you that you may bear fruit, and fruit that will abide. So when he talks about bearing fruit, the first uh, connotation from the Hebrew year, from the Greek year is reproducing yourself. You know, you were saved to save others. You were saved to save others. God brought you to himself so that you can bring others to himself. That is the reason why Jesus left you on the surface of the earth with a purpose. And that is why we say every Christian is a missionary. Whether you are a missionary to your family, a missionary to another country, a missionary at your job, every Christian is a missionary. Every Christian is a missionary. So when we get this understanding, witnessing becomes part of our everyday life. We go everywhere intentionally, understanding that if God is giving you a responsibility, if God is giving you a job, if God is giving you a, a career, if God is giving you a responsibility anywhere, the goal of that responsibility, the goal of that career, that job, is that God is creating avenues of witnessing. But sometimes we forget, we think God just sent me here so I can make money and have fun and enjoy. We forget the whole purpose why God sent us there in the first place. The goal of our existence, the goal of our interaction with people, the goal of our jobs, the goal of our activities with the hidden is so we can be agents of salvation. Witnessing simply is taking the initiative to share the good news through the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the resource to God. So we are not called to change people. We are not called to change people. We are simply called to present the gospel to the people and the resource belongs to God. I say this because sometimes people get discouraged. They're like, well, I've been preaching. I've been trying to talk to my friends, talk to my colleagues, my neighbors, but nobody's really listening to me. Nobody's changing. Your goal is not to change them. Your goal is to present the good news to them. The resource belongs to God. When a police officer is sent from the courthouse to give you a quick notice, all the police officer has to do is to deliver the quit notice. They are not responsible to make you quit from that home. They just come to deliver the quit notice 
and then Queen Notice has a certain, certain number of days that you have to respect. So the police officer's job is just to come and deliver the notice. That is how the gospel is. We are not responsible to change people. We are responsible to present the good news to people. Because until you understand this, you think you are useless, you think you are not fruitful, you think you are not doing anything for God because since you started preaching, nobody has given their lives to Christ. Uh, one time there was this argument or this misunderstanding between the Christians in Corinth where some were following Paul, some were following uh, Barnabas, some were following Apollos. And Paul had to make it clear when he said, I planted Apollos water, but it is the Lord that gives the increase. I planted Apollos water, but it is the Lord that gives the increase. In other words, if the church is succeeding, it's not because of me, it's not because of Apollos, it's because the Lord gave the increase. So do not get discouraged thinking, oh, I've been trying to preach the gospel to my friends, my family, my colleagues, but nobody seems to listen. Nobody seems to give their lives to Christ. We are not called to change them. We are not called to transform them. We are called to present the good news to them. So how to witness for Christ? Witnessing for Christ can be very challenging for a new believer in Christ because you have no experience and without any scriptural knowledge. However, sharing the good news is much more is not much more of quoting scriptural verses. The simplest way to witness for Christ is to share your testimony. You can share your testimony in the following steps. Number one, your life before Christ. Describe who you used to be and help the person see that you were once just like him or her. Be transparent and mention some of the sinful activities you used to practice without exaggeration. Paint a good picture of how you were lost in sin. You see, sometimes some people, don't, some people do not preach because they think, well, I don't know the Bible like that. I don't know too many scriptures. Like I said, evangelism is not about the many scriptures you quote. Evangelism is about sharing the good news. And sometimes the good news becomes very clear when you can tell people clearly what God has done for you. You know, if you're telling somebody what God did for Shadrach, Meshach, Be uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it seems very distant because the people feel like this is just a Bible fiction, you know, something that may not even be real. If you're telling, telling them about Abraham, they don't know Abraham. If they tell Abraham was a Jew. So everything you're telling them is kind of distant. But when you begin to tell them about you, tell them about yourself, your own experience, it is easy for them to believe. So you can start witnessing by just sharing your testimony. Paint a picture of how you were lost and how you found Jesus and how your life changed. For example, you were a smoker, you were a fornicator, you were an adulterer, you were a thief. You know, tell them what you used to do, how you, how you were involved in sin and what happened. You know, this becomes very more convincing than just, you know, quoting scriptures, quoting scriptures. And sometimes we quote a lot of scriptures and that scripture is not helpful for the unbeliever because they are not about trying to understand the scripture. They just want to hear something concrete, something tangible. So you can start by sharing, you know, how 
your life changed, the kind of life you used to live before you came to know Christ. And number two, you, the first one is you share your life before Christ. Number two, you share your, how you came to know Christ. You explain your encounter with Jesus and how you made the decision to trust him and accept him as your Lord and personal Savior. Illustrate to the person you are witnessing to how you heard the gospel. Talk about when, where, and who brought the good news to you. This will help the person see that one can receive Christ any way, any day, any time. So you have to show how you received, uh, you came to know the Lord. Because sometimes people assume that they are Christian just because they heard the word of God and they make up their minds, well, I'm not going, I'm not going to, to continue doing this thing again. And then in their minds, they think, okay, by this I'm born again, I'm a Christian. Listen, reformation is not transformation. Reformation is not transformation. Just because you heard the good news, just because you felt bad, doesn't mean you gave life to Jesus Christ. There has to be an official ceremony marking your entrance into the kingdom of God. So if you had an experience where somebody led you to Christ, somebody made you say the sinner's prayer, they pray for you, explain to the person you are evangelizing to that it is important that they have that official, uh, I will call official entry, official initiation into the body of Christ by somebody leading them to Christ and helping them understand their responsibilities as Christians in the new found faith. So share how you came to know, know Christ. If you, if you read the, 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 the pieces of Paul, he would, Anytime, especially in the book of Acts, anytime Paul was arrested and Paul was brought before the judges and they were, he was asked about his faith, all Paul did was testify how he came to know Christ. He spoke about his life before. He said, you all know me. I was a Jew. I was a devout Jew. I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. And he explained how he went around killing Christians, persecuting Christians, thinking that he was doing favor to God until he encountered Jesus on his way to Damascus. And then from there he became an apostle. So when Peter, I mean, when Paul is explaining his story, a lot of people can relate because they knew him. And people are also thinking if somebody this bad, somebody was this wicked, can now become a preacher, then there is hope for me. People begin to trust and believe that if God can change this person, God can also change me. So you share your life before, and then you share your life after. What has changed? You, you said you used to be a smoker, you used to be this, you used to be that. Now they are waiting to hear, after you gave a life to Christ, what changed? That is when you talk about your life, how your life has changed, you know, the things that you realize that are different in your life, you share to the person, you tell the person, for example, immediately after I gave my life to Christ, I lost the desire for smoking, I lost the desire for alcohol, I'm completely changed. You know, those testimonies can encourage somebody and let them know that giving your life to Jesus Christ is not just about joining a church, it's actually about being transformed into the image of 
God. It's being conformed into the image of God. It's not about a particular religion, denomination, or a sect. It's about living for God. It's about living for God. And number three, like I said, first you talk about your life before coming to know Christ. Number two, you talk about how you came to know Christ. Number three, you talk about your life after receiving Christ. This is where you must be very detailed and precise. Make sure, make your listener understand that you did not just become religious. You were transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit and you received Christ in your life. Testify the changes you have experienced and all other good things you have received since salvation. So like I said, don't just tell the people, oh, I'm not going to church, you know, I'm going to heaven. All those things are far-fetched. But when you begin to testify and say, I I used to have this desire for alcohol, desire for drugs, for women, but after I gave my life to Christ, that desire went away. I used to find difficulties reading. I used to find difficulties doing anything right, but after I gave my life to Christ, that desire went away. I used to have anger. I used to be involved in any fight in the family, in the quarter, in the neighborhood, in the community. I used to be involved in every conflict. But after I gave my life to Christ, those desires have gone away. As you begin to testify like this, it gives hope to the person listening that if God can change this person, then God can also change me. So testify about your life after. What are the changes? You know, somebody said, saying what God can do or what God can do is just empty talk. But saying what God has done for you is the gospel. Saying what God has done for you is the gospel. You must personalize what God is doing and not just hide in the group. Single out what God has done for you and then begin to share it. Begin to share it. And number four, extend the opportunity for your listener to receive Jesus Christ. It will be a waste of time or negligence if you go through all the steps without granting the person the opportunity of accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If the person is willing to receive Jesus, then lead him or her to repeat the sinner's prayer and then pray for them afterwards. So, preaching without giving people the opportunity to know the Lord will be like you actually are putting food on the table for somebody but not allowing them to eat. You bring a very good meal, but then you tell them, oh, this meal is for, or for, for somebody else, it's not for you. So after we've preached the gospel, we must almost make sure that we are giving people the opportunity. The opportunity we've planted seed. We must give uh, uh, the opportunity for those seeds to germinate. Those seeds have to germinate. So after you've talked, you've preached, you must give them the opportunity to see if they want to make that decision to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. That is why sometimes people will tell you, oh, uh, uh, God is in your heart. It's about your character. It's about the things you do. That is true, but if you don't give that official opportunity for people to give their life to Christ, you just keep believing that, oh, by living a good life, people will see. When people see, then what? 
there has to be an official entrance into the kingdom of God. And that is when you give them the opportunity to see if they want to give them their lives to Jesus Christ. And number five, number five, invite them to church. If the person or people did receive Jesus Christ, show interest. Show them the way forward. No woman gives birth to gives birth and abandons the child to survive without help. We are just we are not just called to preach, we are called to make disciples. If you are profound, if you are proud of your of your church, tell the new believer how your church has helped you in your work with Jesus and recommend your church to them. Moreover, even if the person did not accept Jesus, don't hesitate to extend a second invitation by asking them to come with you to church. So invite them to church. As I said, once somebody has indicated to you that they are willing to give their lives to Jesus Christ, it's not all. You have to lead them to a place where their souls, their bodies, and their spirits will be taken care of. It's not enough to just believe. It's not enough to just have confessions. It's a, it's, it, it is important that you lead the people that you've preached to, to church. You know, sometimes we have people that just preach and I leave the rest of God. No. Like I said, we are called to make disciples. And if we are called to make disciples, we have to be intentional about inviting people to church. That is why I said, on our Tuesdays, on our Wednesdays, on our Fridays, on any day we have any special event, if you are serious about witnessing, you will start inviting people to church. Invite them to fellowship with you in the same place where you fellowship. If you are not inviting people to church, it's almost like a student attending a school and you are not very proud of the school and anytime somebody else tries to get admission into that school, you tell them not to come because the school is not a great place. You're just like, well, I just want to finish my school and I go. I'm not trying to help anyone get into this school. So if you're really proud of who you are in Christ, you're proud of where you are, you're proud of where you live, then don't hesitate to also pass that button of salvation to your friends, your neighbors, your colleagues by inviting them to church. Once they come to church, sometimes it may not be your responsibility. Maybe, maybe as a preacher begins to preach or sometimes just a song will meet the person at the point of their need and before you know it, they are genuinely converted and they have given their life to Jesus Christ. So those are the five simple steps, or these four, five simple steps that we take to evangelize. You know, you talk about your life before, your life, how you came to know Jesus Christ, your life after receiving Christ, extending the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ. Number five, invite them to church. And at this, at this point, you're not inviting them to church so that they can come and get saved. They are already saved, but you're bringing them to a place where they will be taken care of, you know, spiritually. A place where their souls will be looked uh, upon. Their souls will be protected. You bring uh, the, the person under the canopy of God's grace and, and mercy by inviting them to church. Why is it important to witness? Why is it important to witness? Because as we speak, somebody may be saying, but why should we even be so concerned about this witnessing? If God wants to save people, God will save them by himself. People often quote to say, oh, 
you know, God can do it all by himself. God doesn't need us. You know, whether I preach, I don't preach, the people that will be saved will be saved regardless. So it is important for us to understand why we must evangelize, why we must witness, why we must share the gospel. Number one, witnessing is a command from the Lord. Witnesses is a command from the Lord. Transmitting the good news is not something you do by your own volition. It is an instruction from the master. It is an instruction from the master. We are commanded to preach the gospel. In Matthew 28 verse 18, it says, Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So we are instructed. It is not something you do because you like. You don't do because you are comfortable. You do it because it is commanded by the Lord. And this is important because until you understand that evangelism, witnessing is commanded by God, you think it's something you do on your, at your own pleasure, you do when you like, it is commanded by the Lord. So a person who refuses to witness is actually sinning. Because you know we have two kinds of sins. We have the sin of omission and the sins of commission. So the sins of omission are things that, you know, you were supposed to do, but maybe you did not know I didn't do it. The sins of commission are sins that you actually did something that was wrong. So we need to understand that witnessing is a command. It's not something you do because your church is doing. It's not something you do because you like. You do it because it is a command. It is a command from the Lord. Number two, witnessing is how we become fruitful in Christ. Witnessing is how we become fruitful in Christ. If you are not witnessing, you are not fruitful. Because witnessing is almost like going uh, out there and, and taking a stand for God. Taking a stand for God. And as you take a stand for God, you become productive. You reproduce yourself. You know, when, when a child uh, is born, we don't expect that child to be able to have another child. But when the child grows and gets to a certain age, you know, people start to expect that, oh, when are you going to get married so you can have your own children? So when you give your life to Jesus Christ as a baby, God is not expecting so much from you because there's a lot you need to learn. But as you mature in Christ, you have to become fruitful. You have to bear fruit and bring many sons and daughters to glory. Understanding that God has not just left you here, like I said in the beginning, for yourself. He left you here for a purpose. He left you here for a mission. And understanding a mission is very, very important. Number two, or number three, before then, in John chapter 15, verse 16, it says, You do not choose me, but I choose you, that and set you that you should go forth and bear fruit. And number three, everyone needs the opportunity to hear the gospel. Everyone needs the opportunity to hear the gospel. If we don't speak to people about Christ, who will? How will they know about him? How will they know about him? How can they be saved? Romans 10.14 says, Romans 10, 14 compels us to share the good news with others. He says, how then will they call upon the name of the Lord 
whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe unto him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without one who proclaims uh, him to the people? So we understand that somebody has to go in order to make, you know, in order to, in order to make it uh, possible for people to hear the gospel. Because people need the opportunity to hear the gospel. The Bible says this, the world shall not come to an end until everyone has received the opportunity. Everyone has the opportunity to hear the gospel. Because it is going to be on the basis of the gospel that Jesus is going to judge the world. So he cannot come and judge the world when everybody has not gotten the opportunity to believe the gospel. Because if not, it will not be a fair trial. It will be as if some people are tried when they do not even know what is their sin or what is wrong with them. So everyone will have the opportunity. Everyone will have the opportunity. And so we must give them the opportunity to receive the gospel so that when Jesus Christ comes to you, it will be that they had the opportunity to receive the gospel, but they did not. Rather than saying, well, we never heard anything about Jesus Christ. We never had uh, any kind of information that there was anyone related, anyone called Jesus. So we have to come to that place where we are intentional about giving people the opportunity to know the Lord. And number four, the return of Christ depends on our witnessing. It is clear in the scripture that Jesus will not return till everyone has the opportunity, like I said, to hear the gospel. The question is, how will they hear if we do not participate in witnessing? In Matthew 24, verse 14, it says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. And then the end will come. So we have to understand that the coming of Jesus Christ, the return of Jesus Christ, depends on our witnessing. As we continue to witness, as we continue to trust the Lord, as we continue to spread the word of the Lord, not only are we giving people the opportunity to know the Lord, but we are also accelerating the return of Jesus Christ. Because when everyone has had the opportunity to receive Jesus, then the end will come. Then the end will come. So you see that if Jesus Christ is delaying, as people will say, if Jesus Christ is uh, tarrying, is because we have not fulfilled what we need to do as his people. Because if he has to come, the whole world has to have the opportunity of the gospel so that the judgment is fair. And lastly, church growth depends church growth depends on our witnessing. The church does not have to organize special events for you to witness or share your faith. Whenever God has wherever God has placed you is your mission field. You are a missionary at your school, at your workplace, at your neighborhood. The church will greatly increase if we share with others what Christ has done for us. Businesses will get, you know, businesses get customers by publicity. Churches get members by witnessing. So we need to understand this. And once we understand this, 
it is easy for us to know that not only are we preaching to give people the opportunity to to know Christ, we are also preaching because church grows by witnessing. Church grows by witnessing. People hear, people ask questions, people talk. But if we are not talking or we don't find ourselves in a position where uh, where we can witness for Christ, then we'll just be there like matter occupying space, but not contributing anything positive to the kingdom of the Lord. Imagine if we all, one, we all present here today, could just bring one person to the Lord, one person to the church in a month. How many people do you think we're going to have in a year in the church? But unfortunately, many of us do not even participate in anything when it comes to witnessing. But we have to repent and take witnessing very, very important. Because without our witnessing, not only are we delaying the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, then we are also delaying ourselves, we are delaying and blocking the opportunity that others would have had to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have said today in summary that in order to share your faith, it is very simple. You talk about your life before Christ, you talk about how you came to know the Lord, and you talk about what has changed in your life since you received Jesus Christ. Then, we said you also extend the opportunity to this, this listener to receive Jesus into their life and then invite them to church. And we said they have about five reasons why witnessing is very important. So number one, witnessing is a command from God. Number two, witnessing is how we become fruitful in Christ. We get to reproduce ourselves. Witnessing, you know, is important because everyone needs an opportunity to hear the good news. Everyone needs an opportunity. And then the next is the return of Christ depends on our witnessing. And lastly, church growth depends on witnessing. So it is my prayer today as we bring this Bible study to a close that God will grant us the grace to become intentional witnessing. Intentional witnessing. He said to them in Acts chapter 1, he says, You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. You shall be my witnesses in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So we need to understand and take this as seriously because if Jesus needs to come back soon, the church must play her role. The church must take her place. The church must be able to stand forth and do more as far as witnessing is concerned. I think by the grace of God, we're going to bring this Bible study today to a close. I'm going to pray. And after I pray, then we'll have the opportunity to ask questions. Father, we give you praise for all that you've done today. We give you all the glory and the praise. We give you all the honor and adoration. We ask that all that we have received, all that we have heard, will be polished, Lord, in our heart. And that from today, we will become intentional about our witnessing. We'll become intentional about soul so winning. We'll become intentional about your word. Thank you, Rock of Ages. Thank you, Man of War. Receive glory and praise. Receive honor, my Father. In Jesus' name.
Amen.